Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. This episode's kind of unique in the sense that, you know, lately when I've been sitting down and talking to people, it's, you know, people that I know pretty well and or they're comedians, you know, and, and this was neither of those. This was a very talented uh, model and actress, Sarah Grace. And I'll tell you a little bit about before we get an interview, um, some of the things that we covered in this episode. But, you know, these are the last few episodes that the show is going to be ad free. Uh, sponsor free, you know, uh, no breaks in the middle of the show. You know, you, you'll be listening to a podcast, you know, I don't know what other podcasts you listen to, but all the th- you'll be like really, you know, in tune with the story. Like be telling a story that you really care about. And then you'll hear like a commercial for a mattress or some dog food or something. And you're like, what? Like, I'm just trying to hear this interview, man. I was like, I was in the moment. It's like, you were like, it's like when you're in like a romantic situation and something comes and ruins the mood. It's like, what the heck, man? So, uh, I regret to inform, actually, I don't regret to inform you, but pretty soon that will be an issue that this show has. But I wanted to get this out of the way up front and do a little bit of promotion. You know, February 13th is the next The Nate Show Late Night and Live show, downtown Johnson City, Main Street Theater. Uh, We've got, um, I'm not going to, the next episode that comes out will have a full, um, you know, list of exactly who's going to be on the show, what's going to be on the show, and there'll be a Facebook event up by then. Uh, there's also going to be some things, you know, and the next shows after that, by the way, I want to say are February 26th and March 11th. Those will be Wednesdays, and they'll be every other Wednesday going forward. So that 13th show is a Thursday, Wednesday the 26th of February, and so on and so forth after that. And um excited about all those. And a lot of cool things uh, in the pipeline right now. A lot of good interviews and stuff like that coming up for the podcast. But what I'm really uh, looking forward to doing, and a few of you saw that I had a Kickstarter page going, and also there is a Patreon page available, uh, which for people that don't know, that's a crowdfunding sort of thing, and it's like a recurring thing now. I took the uh, Kickstarter down because what I'm going to do is release a video in within the next few days. So by the time you're listening to this episode, by the time the next one is out, uh, this video will already be live to kind of promote uh, what I'm doing with the talk show, what I'm doing with the podcast, and what I'm going to be using those Kickstarter and Patreon, the, the crowdfunding for. I'm not just going to be, you know, going my, buying myself, you know, pairs of Jordans or something like that. You know, I'm really going to be reinvesting it in in the show and into people that are assisting with the show because I've been very fortunate to have. Some really dear friends help me and help promote and do a lot of things. I want to make sure that I'm taking care of people. So I'm excited to make some announcements on that front in the near future. You know, there's some stand-up comedy stuff coming up. There's actually a gig that I'm really excited about that, you know, that'll be in the middle of February. And again, um, I'm not quite ready to get the details on that yet. I'm going to iron a few things out, but it's a major opportunity and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. So I want to get into this. Uh, Sarah Grace, as I mentioned, model, actress. Um, this was my first time actually meeting her, so I kind of went in, you know, not really knowing what to expect. I always knew uh, from some of the people that I knew that she had worked with on, you know, sets and stuff like that. 
I knew that she was had a great spirit and a great personality. But until you actually, you know, really sit down and talk to someone, you know, so this was like it's our first meeting and it basically recorded us just kind of getting to know each other kind of over a cup of coffee, basically. Uh, but there was no coffee involved. We just sat there and talked to each other. Now, uh, we got into some things that I was surprised, uh, you know, in a good way that the conversation became as serious as it did. And there was some connections that we have. Um, she's very honest and for real about some things in her life and in her background that, you know, kind of led her to becoming who she is today. There's a lot of adversity that she was able to overcome and continues to, you know, overcome and that sort of thing. Now we bonded over, you know, some, the idea of protecting and choosing who you associate with. We bonded over, there's a certain, um, band music artist that we, sort of have a shared experience as far as tapping into our emotions with and you know again she spends a lot of time talking about her journey and then we lighten the mood at the end of the episode uh with the you know the new segment that i've been doing the last uh, few episodes on the nate show podcast foreplay uh for pack of questions you know so i like the the word play for the foreplay there but um i want to say this too real quick and i'll go ahead and, and get into the interview is uh her boyfriend is in the next room. It was, we recorded this at her home and you can, he's in the living room. We're in the dining room. You can hear the television on with, uh, the, it was championship Sunday in the NFL. Uh, so the conference championships were on. This was during the Titans and chiefs game. So you can hear some of the football coverage in the background. I wasn't going to make him turn it down. I don't think it's overwhelming or anything, but just try not to let that distract you from time to time. You'll be able to hear football. You'll hear, I noticed a couple of points where her and I are talking about a serious topic and you hear some music that doesn't exactly fit the moment there. So try not to become too over, like focus on that too much. I really do think there was some really good stuff in here and some good mindset stuff as well. So I'm going to get right into it. This was my conversation with model and actress, Sarah Grace. Joining me on the Nate Show podcast today, this is actually the first time I've had someone that isn't a stand-up comedian that I've actually sat down and talked to in a long time, so I want to introduce everyone to Sarah Grace, if you don't mind, to say hello real hello. quick. Hello. I'm and, my own comedian. Right. Yeah, you're, you seem <laughs> funny so far. Yeah, so I haven't, this is actually my first time officially meeting you, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool, but I've, knew of, I've known of you since about last summer when I joined the Stereo Agency, started right. doing acting and stuff, and I used to see like you on Facebook, like literally like... 800 times a day like <laughs> like sarah's has got this gig or sarah's modeling over here or whatever so um i know it's kind of open-ended but if you want just kind of give the people kind of a snapshot of your background and what got you into modeling and acting um really to be a hundred percent i'm like totally self-taught whenever i was i think i was around like eight or nine i started watching america's next top model and I just like fell in love. I, was, I learned like I sat and like studied it. I had like paper and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, hmm, that's, yeah. a, that's the pose. Okay, let's let's do this. So I followed that like religiously. So I knew at that point I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And I kind of fell out of it for a little bit, but then I got back into it. And I I mean I'm so happy about it because right. it's, I know it's what I'm supposed to do. How long have you been doing, whether it be modeling or acting? Like how far um, back does this go? Uh, I was a teenager whenever I first started actually getting into it. Um, and it was in Nashville, actually, which is okay. kind of funny. Um, 
I was probably about 13, but I didn't really do much. I went to a few like scammy little audition things, um, but I never really went through with the whole lot of it. And then we didn't have a lot of money to go and all that. So I stopped and then honestly about two years ago, I started just like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna find it again. Like this is my passion and I haven't stopped. So. Gotcha, gotcha. I'll, this is probably a generic question. Uh, when did it become, or did it become like a passion that you knew? Like, at what point do you remember a conscious decision to go? You know what? This is like what I really, really, really want to do. Um, I, I, for real, I knew as a kid, but it was always one of those like, oh my gosh, that's like out yeah. of reach type yeah. things. And then I was like, oh, I can be a vet. <laughs> then I was like, that's realistic. I should do that. But. I knew, I knew back then. I was like, this if I can if I can pull this off, like this is what I want to do. And then whenever I got introduced to Adam at the stair agency, I was like, you know what, this is possible. And it's just you have to put in a lot of work. It's not easy. It's probably one of the hardest industries to get into, but yeah. it's possible. It's just it's a lot of fall down, get back up. You can't like just put some dirt on it because yeah. you're you're literally gonna fall again. But if you can handle that, then you can do it. But this is kind of off script here. But why? Why do you think it is that way? In the sense that you grow up wanting to do something or being convinced, yeah, I could do that. I feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then you slowly drift away from it. I think most people do that. Mm -hmm. I don't they know whether do. they go to college or start working or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. one, why do you think that is? And two, how would you advise guarding against that and protecting? that passion or whatever that dream is that you have. Right. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Like, I'll be honest, like I listen to a lot of Steve Harvey. Right. That's oh, all yeah. he talks about. Oh all the time. yeah. He's great. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of it is either a, we get in our own head. Um, we start just believing what we tell ourselves, whether it be negative or positive. It's just, you know, words are powerful. Yeah. Um, you speak and you manifest whatever it is into existence, whether that's, Hey, I suck. You tell that to yourself every day. Well, you're probably going to suck. Um, <laughs> but it's either that or you have bad energy around you. You know, like there's, there's probably people that are either your family or your friends that are probably telling you like, no, this isn't realistic. You should probably go and get this degree, finish this, you know, um, because that's what they've had to handle yeah. themselves. Um, for me, Personally, like, I just, I block a lot of that out. I don't really have a lot of friends. Um, and that's kind of the sacrifice I make because you have to guard your thoughts. You have to guard your own energy or else you are going to consume whatever is around you. And 90% of the time, that's not positive. Um, that's kind of how I do it. I just, you have to stay positive. Mindset is everything, everything. I've heard um, that you become like the five, an average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that, as you said, that I've had to watch a lot lately is that I have my friends and people that I'm close with, but there are associations that I've had to distance myself from. Right. Not to make what you just said about me, but oh, like no, just to no. show like it, it is, is what it is. And it's hard mm -hmm. because there's people that I love and care about that I just, I don't go near anymore just mm -hmm. because, I mean, they mean well, they're great people, but right. it's, they're not on the same energy that I'm at. And it doesn't make mm -hmm. me better than them. No. It's just that I, I have somewhere I'm trying to go and they're not trying to do that. And that's fine. They're mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. And 
if they're making the best of it and they're happy, then I'm happy. Right, but, exactly. You know. And it, it sucks because most of the time, I mean, it's hurtful because, yeah. you know, you care about that person. But yeah. you have to care about yourself more than you care about other people. And, you know, it's it really sucks. It does. Yeah. But, I mean, every successful person will tell you, like, that's literally what they've had to go through. And you can't you can't go up without going down. And at the same time, you know, it's like, dang, well, this friend needs my help. You know, what? I need to help them, blah, blah, blah. No. Like, yeah. you, you literally do what you can, but if they can't help themselves, if they're not willing to help themselves and grow, then you just got to learn to part that because that's, that's a dangerous road to go down. Right. Um, you know, we've kind of already explored the topic of staying positive and feeding your mind the right things. Um, what in your background led you to this point? Again, I know that's kind of open-ended, but you I think you were telling me before we had this conversation that you weren't always like this. You didn't grow mm-hmm. up having these sort of positive mindsets or whatever, but you did find it. So what led you to that, and what was that background like, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, that? no, that's totally fine. Like, I, I believe that we all, like, we go through what we do to shape us as people. So I am totally like I'm unashamed, you know. I I grew up super poor um, in a town in West Virginia, and it was in between. It's like Franklin Upper Tract area. If anybody even knows where that's at, most people don't. <laughs> but we had like one stoplight, and that's about it. We just got a subway. Pretty cool. But um, like subway restaurant or yeah. Sub- oh wow. Yeah, okay. we, yeah, <laughs> so we we had stuff. like a couple gas stations and that was the coolest thing ever. Like oh yeah. we can go in there and get like some jerky. Like so cool. No. Yeah. But um, so literally it was on top of a mountain. My grandmother still lives there. Um, it was me, my grandmother, my mom, my two aunts, and then I had four cousins. So we all lived in one house and no men. I mean, I had one male cousin and we had no male influence. Like our dads all skipped town. Like it was just, it was a really hard thing to grow up with. And then on top of that, it was just super abusive. Like women are just, in general, women are manipulative and they argue. So you put um, a house full of women in there of all ages, like they're gonna argue and it's just it got really bad like there were so many times where I was in kindergarten I just I remember getting put on truancy multiple times because I would have to stay home because my grandmother would be knocked out on the floor and I'd be like holding her like hey you know what do I do like she's knocked out because y'all got in a fight so to be very honest um Lincoln Park really helped me a lot with that <laughs> like um I would go upstairs and be like oh my gosh I'm just gonna listen like a park and just get positive here um I'm laughing not because it's funny right but be- and we didn't discuss this beforehand at all um most people don't know this but there was a point in time and I don't again I didn't mean to cut you off or anything no you're fine did, but there was a time around sixth grade where I was like I didn't think I wanted to live anymore and mm-hmm. my friend had been recommending I listen to Hybrid Theory. Their first okay, album. that's like their best. That's oh their no, best I still one. have it. I have the vinyl framed in my wall and everything. Right. And um, I didn't want to listen to it, and I went home with the intentions of mm-hmm. not coming back to school the next day, if that makes any sense. And when I threw my book bag on the floor, it actually looked very much like the one I have here now. 
um, I heard like a crunching sound, and he put the CD in my bag, so I was like, fine, I might as well listen to it. You're like, ha. <laughs> and then, so then I heard them singing about things. I heard Chester's voice singing mm-hmm. and screaming about things that I didn't think anyone knew but me, like right. feelings that I didn't know anyone but me had. So mm-hmm. I'd relate to you. That's why I oh, was yeah. laughing. Oh, yeah. Lincoln yeah. Park was probably the reason that I'm here. Right. Because I yes. was the same way. I was yes. like, why would I be here? Like, nobody cares. My mom's screaming downstairs. Like, we moved so many times. Yeah. Um, I'd never had a solid foundation of home besides West Virginia. Um, but she would just hop from guy to guy. It would just... I actually traveled to the carnival for a couple years. Um, I don't even remember going to school for half of that. Right. Um, it was just... It was a lot. And... It was just, it was really hard because at that point you're just like, okay, my mom doesn't care, nobody really cares, everybody's fighting, like, why should I be here? But yeah, Lincoln Park, man, I, my CD player doesn't work in my car anymore, I would blare it everywhere. <laughs> I love them so Actually, much. if you go look right now in my car, I pulled in here, I've, I've got that album and I've got the, well, I've got all of them at home, but I just brought that reanimation, that mm-hmm. remix album came out after with me. That's got me through a lot oh yeah yeah Yeah, music is very powerful that's like one thing for me it i mean you put on some music that if you're angry put that on like to be honest i could put lincoln park on for if i was sad mad yes happy whatever they're just like multi-purpose chester's death is the only time ever that a celebrity death has ever Effectively, I see people on Facebook all the time. They're like, "Oh, so and so from this band or this actor passed away." And Mm -hmm. it's like it's unfortunate, but I'm never emotionally invested. But with him, I uh, I was like a wreck at work. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the news at like 1:30 in the afternoon. I had to work three to midnight that day, and I was just yep. I don't even I don't remember anything about that shift or like I don't remember how Mm -hmm. I got through it or anything. I was just being so down about that. I'm not a crier. Like I don't cry about stuff. And when I saw that, like I had to go somewhere and just like shed a few tears because like this is traumatizing. Like after everything that he talked about and everything that he stood for, it's just you know like you never know who needs help. He was going through a lot, but I mean he had kids. You know like if I was going through stuff to the point where I thought about you know and you know we'll get into this later I'll tell you like I um like after I got out of West Virginia and everything I moved here um and then I ended up having my first which she's nine now right um after that I had I have two boys right now um I had one in between him that didn't make it and at that point like you start to question, like, do I want to be here? Like, you start to feel, like, I felt that as an adult, like, the same thing as I felt as a kid. And it's like, if you have children alive, how do you justify leaving? Yeah. You know? Like, I, there's just, me as a parent, that's, like, all I could think about was, like, how did you justify that? Like, no matter how depressed and how sick you were, you know, like, you have something there that can brighten your day. You know, all you gotta do is look at them. Kids are just like so innocent. Like they, and now they're without their dad. It's just really sad. Yeah, and you know, and there's that video of it's like 24 hours before 
he lost his life of him with the family and they're mm-hmm. they're playing that game like you know like the jelly beans that like the oh the, the nasty ones or whatever. yeah, yeah. Like one of them the a good flavor ones. Ones. and like he's <laughs> yeah. having the guests and he was eating those and they were all laughing and whatever mm-hmm. so you see how happy he was with his family and then yeah the thing less than 24 hours from there it's over it's right. strange to think right. about i'm like how and look at robin williams look yeah. at you know all it it's just really sad you never know now you mentioned having children and everything now what was your i'm always curious about this with people that have children what was like your overwhelming feeling when you found out that you were oh, going to have a child um <laughs> well okay so i was like 17 and right. still in high school at that time so for me i was like oh shit yeah. like i don't want to tell my mom can i just do this without telling anybody no probably not um <laughs> so i need someone to drive me to the doctor so at first it was like just overwhelming like okay i have to be an adult at this point there's no more time for being a kid like everything changes so i wasn't necessarily upset but it was just it was tough to swallow that your life at that point was not over but it had changed completely but i did grow up super fast so i was already at a different level than a lot of the like i didn't hang out with high school kids when i was in high school i didn't I was always, I was dating somebody that was like 10 years older than me. Like it just, it was just different for me, I guess, than it would have been for somebody else in high school. So I handled it well. Um, I had a lot of support like from his family and everything. So I wasn't scared. It was more like, damn, I gotta do what? Like, (laughs) this is gonna be inside my body? Like what? Okay, great. used to be fit like I played basketball like every single day and I was like great can't play basketball anymore I'm gonna have a basketball on my stomach like yeah. <laughs> I was just I was so mad just because I couldn't play basketball that was mainly it was there a um was there a time frame between that you mentioned growing up a certain way and not having money and sort of the environment you were in was there a period before finding out that you were expecting that you felt like a genuine happiness, like, hey, I finally come out of the struggle, I'm here, or did it kind of mm-hmm. run together? It, to be honest, it kind of ran together right. because it was just, I don't think anybody's ever really ready to have sure. a kid. Like, you can be up to the point where you're in the hospital and you're just yeah. like, still at that point, you're like, oh shit, like, yeah. What, what am I going to do? Like, diapers are really expensive. Um, can we just use napkins? Like, <laughs> um, so I, I really feel like it kind of ran together. Yeah. I don't think I was ever just, like, super comfortable with any of it. I knew that my love would outweigh whatever struggles right. I went through. So, and that's that's to a point where I, I really feel like once I had them, everything kind of, like, got a little more positive. But then sure. at the same time... I went through a really rough, like, couple breakups, and it just, I had a marriage that went really, really bad. Um, I got stuck in government housing for at least two years, and you just think, like, am I ever going to get out of it? Like, I just kept on thinking, like, I'm exactly like my mom. Not to be, like, rude, but that's what we lived in. After we left my hometown in West Virginia and finally settled down somewhere, it was here, but it was government housing. It was either a trailer, and then we went to government housing. And I was just like, I feel like such a failure. Like, I, yeah. I can't do that. Um, so at that point, 
after that, I got here. But and for the people that don't know, here is you know Knoxville area, right. East Tennessee. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know most of the audience that I have is built in in East Tennessee. But I've seen right. other people from other places listen. It's always that was actually kind of my next question. Anyway, was you know how, how was the transition from that small town, West Virginia, to being here. Knox, not that Knoxville is a major city, but it's considerably bigger than... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's even bigger yeah. than where I'm from, Johnson City. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the big brother. So. Yeah, I was like, what in the world? I, I was literally an hour from a Walmart. Like, right. we couldn't just go watch movies down the road, you know? Like, everything was so different. It was, it was so exciting as a kid because there's just so much more to do. Yeah. All we had was either drugs or a bowling alley where we could play hacky sack and skateboard. Like, that's all we could do. Um, so moving here, I was like, oh, all these activities. <laughs> Let me, like, yeah. figure those out. But I just, I'm not a huge people person. So I just, I don't know. It was just, I was mainly just at my house in... What's really sad is we would just have parties all the time, and my mom treated me like I was an adult. So at that point, I was just like sneaking alcohol or whatever it may be. So I I just had no type of discipline. I had no boundaries. I could do what I wanted. And to be honest, I'm glad I didn't turn out like really bad. Right. Um, I, I can see where that would could have went really, really bad, um, but I feel like it was almost just it was a culture shock. But at the same time, I could just it was more just like a a free range. I, I was allowed to do whatever, yeah. and which is I guess every kid's dream. But at the same time, like it wasn't too great. I was kind of, after a while, the excitement wears off, and you're like, oh. When you're starved from having options, and then all of a sudden you Mm -hmm. have a lot, it can be overwhelming. It can be intoxicating in all the worst ways. Mm -hmm. And that's where self-control comes in, which as a kid, you know, you can preach it a thousand times to your kids, but, you know, they just have to live and learn it. So, for me, self-control was, I mean, I was just a really mature kid. I don't know. Like, it was... I never really got bad. I was around a lot of drugs. I was around a lot of alcohol, around a lot of bad people, and yet I still didn't get into that necessarily. Like everybody smokes a little bit, but <clears throat> that was pretty much the only thing I did. Yeah. Um, but we were still we were still really poor. Um, There's a few times where we just, like I just remember my mom fighting the guy I was with because we didn't have money to get food, and he would go spend it on pills. and So... It wasn't until she left him and then we went to government housing that we, you know, we got food stamps and stuff. But I still had to help her work and yeah. make money and stuff. So I don't think I ever really got out of that kind of poverty even after I left West Virginia, which is really sad because, like, there was ample opportunity for that. Um, but, like, everything I, everything I worked for as a teenager I had to go straight to bills. Like, I, I didn't have that luxury of, hey, this is my money. I can, you know, go pay something, that, buy something that I want. Like, I <clears throat> never really got What that. kind of uh, jobs and work were you doing in that time frame? Serving, 100%. That's, 
that's pretty much the only person that's going to hire you at that age. Sure. So I was hosting at first, and then once I was 16, um, they let me serve. So, but it was at the log cabin in Loudon, and that burned down. So that was really sad. But then they rebuilt it, and now somebody else owns it. So it's just not the same. Now it's like a pizza place. I'm like, what the heck? Because right. it's totally <laughs> different. Same, like, yeah. <laughs> what in the world? So you have, you know, you go through all this, find out you're pregnant at a young age, mm -hmm. 17. Um, but obviously, you know, kind of fast forwarding to now, you're well adjusted, have a good attitude. What did that look like though? And how did you start becoming sort of the person that you are and, and are becoming now? Where, you know, a lot of people here, we just gotta stay positive. It's like, okay, yeah, but mm -hmm. how? Like, well, think, I made things happen in my life. Okay, yeah, but how? So I know it's kind of a vague question, but what did that look like for you as far as finding different influences and positivity and things in your life to make yourself better and your environment better? Right. Um, I think it really was like at the point where I had lost my middle child, like it was, it was really traumatic. Like yeah. he was, he was alive when he was born and everything. Sure. So I, at that point I, I went into probably the darkest moment I had ever had. Like I, it was really, really bad. And that was at that point where I was like, okay, I don't want to be here. But then I had Bradley, which he was like three at the time. Um, and I was like, you know what, I can't, I can't do this. I can't let him see me like this. So at that point, I completely 360'd and I was just like, screw this. Like, no, like I'm, I'm going to, you have, you can't do it if you're not willing to do it. You know, you can sit there and you can be stuck in that rut and justify that because of all the bad crap that you went through, which, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has struggles every single day. We all have a past, but the only person that can get you out of that is yourself. And yeah. I 100% believe that no matter what it is, no matter if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or you were abused or, you know, anything, like, I get it, it's hard, but, you know, that it just takes falling down to the bottom to realize you know the only way is up and that sounds kind of cheesy because everybody says that but it's true and at a certain point it was just like i don't that's the only way i can go right. and so i started just like looking into what i was passionate about and a lot of that was um modeling at first it was yeah. modeling I you know I like acting but I had no really drive I was like oh well if you know I modeled maybe I can get an acting gig here and there cool but you know it's just it was a lot of research it was a lot of like okay what can I do to better myself to get to a point where I am content with myself because you can't be a hundred percent for anybody if you're not you know if you don't love yourself so and it did take a long time, um, but I found an agency in Knoxville. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Um, I signed and ended up having to pay, like, to be honest with you, it was like $3,000 right. to sign with this place. And I was like, but I had no idea. I had no, no you, idea. That's the way to go yeah. as far as you know. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Like they had, you know, 4.5 star ratings on Facebook. and. Sure on Google, so I was like, oh my gosh, great, you know, like, let me go talk to him. So I was with him for a year, literally got maybe two paying gigs, 
and then I did all of my photos myself through like um, kind of like benefits and stuff so that was garbage and then I met Adam from there that's honestly like this is everything happens for a reason because Adam Stare the one that owns the Stare agency now he yep. used to work with this agency right and so he left and then once I saw him left he left I was like oh why did he leave he was my favorite he always complimented my hair like <laughs> I really liked him and then I started talking to him and I was like oh wow so I went with him and ever since then I've started to realize like this industry is really like cutthroat which I knew at the time but I didn't realize that people were really out there like scamming people like that yeah. because he offers you know no sign up fees you know you obviously you have to have professional like pictures stuff like that headshots stuff like that but that's that should be the only thing that you ever had to pay for and you don't necessarily have to go through them to get a headshot if you have some bring them in yeah. like he's not pressuring you to spend any money so I was like okay he's for real like all right I'll do this and immediately I start getting booked back to back to back to back and I'm like holy crap I could have been doing this this whole time and it's just it's sad to me because there's so many people that are still trapped in something and have yeah. no idea they're just they're they don't know enough they just you need to do your research because if you if you do it enough you'll you'll find and I didn't I didn't do my research so I fell into that but you know, I try to tell people all the time and they just look at me like I'm crazy I'm like I'm telling you you're not supposed to have to make or to spend money to make money in this industry like unless you're spending it on photography or you know you're spending it on somebody making a reel for you to yeah. put on you know like there's certain things that you can justify spending money on but to sign up for an agency you should never have to spend two thousand dollars on like you just shouldn't and I can't believe I did, but it's okay because it's over and I learned. So you're in, a, you're in the right place. You're in a good place now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, which do you prefer as far as between modeling and acting? Which one gives you more fulfillment? Oh my gosh, it's so hard now because at <laughs> first I was 100% modeling. I was yeah. like, why would I even try to act? Like, I don't know if I'm an actress or not. I don't know if anybody could even believe me. So. When I first started getting gigs, it was all acting gigs. I didn't get any modeling gigs at first because modeling industry is really, really hard to get into. You have to be perfect, which is stupid. Um, they're starting to like switch that up now as for like weight and height and all that. But it's still really hard because you have like people in New York that it's just like if you aren't size double zero and you're like five eight to five nine, then sorry, you can't walk. Um, but they're they're really they're starting to switch it up because they realize nobody's perfect like you right. can't starve yourself like i like food too much i eat all the time i'm not gonna not eat so i really i found my love for acting and i wouldn't be just devastated if i got more into acting instead of modeling yeah but i just i love taking pictures I love it I don't like taking selfies and doing all that crap like sure. I don't like filters I don't like that I like to be natural as I can like I like makeup but at the same time like you have to know when to not wear it so I feel like if I were to lean right now I'd probably lean more towards acting sure um, but with 
modeling right there is a solid like you know runner up no I get it I mean like a year ago I started doing stand up and I've already kind of shifted my focus from that to doing more stuff like this like conversationally and then doing like Mm -hmm. the late night talk show I'm trying to do in Johnson City like doing that format like I still love doing stand up but like this sort of stuff gives me more fulfillment so it's cool Mm -hmm. that your taste can kind of evolve and Right. And all that, and you've kind of found your your thing that you really like. So, mm-hmm. um, it, we don't have to keep going back to this. But what was the time frame? So you had the loss of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the time frame between that and then finding the sort of acting and modeling, whether it was with the previous agency or the new one? Like, how long was the gap between then? Hmm. At that point, I was I was pretty lost at that point. Yeah. So it took. It took a few years, to be honest, and at that point, I was in a pretty abusive relationship, so I wasn't allowed to even be who I was. Right. Um, I had long blonde hair, um, <laughs> which is totally opposite of everything that I am. Um, I wasn't allowed to have tattoos. You know, it was just very, very controlling, so I wasn't even... I would bring that up, and it would just be like shut down, like, no, that's not real. You can't have that dream because that dream is unrealistic, and what are you going to do to get there? Nothing. Exactly. Okay. Well, so it was just like a constant battle, and I just gave up at that point. So it wasn't until, honestly, I got divorced, which was like three or so years ago that I started just like hardcore getting to it. Um, and believing in myself like I was I had to stay positive back then so I had that mindset but it wasn't like I can do anything I can be anyone I want to be it was just like survival mode Um, so about it was it was about three years ago that I finally was just like you know what screw this I'm gonna do what I want to do you know if I fail that's fine I'll get back up I'll do it again we've talked about a lot of different things and it got kind of heavy so I want to kind of lighten the mood a little bit here if that's fine with you yeah it's something that I've started wanting to do with everyone now the name of this segment is called foreplay because it's a four pack of questions <laughs> which I feel awkward saying because your boyfriend is in the next room so it's like you know trying not to get me and there is a candle lit in here too right you know but totally no, it's, it's not a romantic candle it's, it's just my <laughs> it's, it's a farmhouse Christmas candle the first one though is the one that doesn't ever change I'm always curious you mentioned you like food too much like mm-hmm. what is like the one food item that you can't live without like it um 100% buffalo wings buffalo wings See, yep. like spicy stuff you're into yep. spicy stuff mm-hmm. hey you don't get any. You can't have any. You heard wings. <laughs> You're just like, food, great. Um, yeah, so second thing, what is a guilty pleasure that you have? I mean, I music is always on in my house. Yeah. Like, I literally always have music on. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if it were to be like a guilty pleasure, I really... Uh, I probably makeup which is bad because I feel like I don't need it but at the same time I love it whereas music I'm like oh everybody needs music like it's yeah that's great um but yeah because it's so like everything about makeup I just I don't stand behind I don't necessarily like the fact that people are out there like catfishing because they putting all this on and then they get to see like next morning you know you wipe it all off and you're like who was i laying with who is yeah. that <laughs> like, what? stranger um 
So, and that and just like the whole makeup industry is just, I don't really stand for any of it, but at the same time, I love to do it so much. So it's right. probably that. And it's so I expensive. It. It's just, it's disgusting, yet it's so satisfying sure. <laughs> all at the same time. Understood, yeah. So um, the third in this four pack of questions is the one that fits the term foreplay the most is your idea of um, like the perfect romantic situation, mm. evening, perfect date, whatever. Okay, so basketball's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has to be. It, it has to be like, but in, I want to be on an indoor court. So right. if I could like have like dinner at the like half court, like like Mr. Deeds, yeah, Square Garden, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it's you know preferably if it was at WVU that'd be great. But if we were going more towards like. Upper Clinton, like Celtics, I'd be okay with the Celtics, but like old school Celtics, like Paul Pierce Celtics. Um, in the middle, half court, have like a table of just like, almost like Super Bowl food, you know? I don't yeah. even care, steak. Yeah, like a seven layer dip in there. Yeah, yeah, I love like finger foods, stuff yeah. like that, so I don't even need a whole meal. Just give me something that, like, after I go drain a three, should he, should I can he be go taking eat. notes? He should, but he, you know what? Area. We're recording <laughs> but he's this. He's watching it, so. <laughs> so I'm gonna right. just like snip this part and just like email it to him. Yeah, I'll make sure <laughs> I give you a copy of what you did. <laughs> For real. To this. Yeah. yeah, and then so that way I can, you know, go and shoot, and at the same time I can go eat, and then I'd be content. I right. I just love shooting around. Yeah. To be honest, so. Anything on a basketball court with food, um, you want to throw a steak in there, cooked mid-rare to rare, um, I'm okay. Um, I'll wrap up the, the quote-unquote foreplay with this. What's um, a misconception about your personality? Because being in acting and modeling, people probably think you're attention-seeking, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned to me before we started recording, and I think you said it on here too, not really a people person. No, and like... I'm very friendly and right. a lot of people think that I'm just like I have like RBF all the right, time right. so people don't know what that is resting bitch face like it's just it's a common thing and I get that a lot like from people because my kids play sports all the time and not a lot of moms will talk to me at first and then they start realizing like hey I'm not rude I'm not evil like <laughs> you can talk to me and they're yeah. like we really just thought you were just rude and a bitch so we didn't talk to you I'm like I'm really not. Like, I'm not. It's just I'm not the type of person to go and just start a conversation. Yeah. If you come and talk to me, yeah, I'll be your best friend. But I, I'm i the type of person where if I'm your friend, I go all in, and I'm not, like, just, like, a half-ass friend. So I don't have a lot of friends because I don't have a lot of time to sure. put that in there. And so that's kind of, like, I guess it's just that people just misunderstand that I'm not as rude as I look. <laughs> which oh. it's okay and that's really all that I get I don't get a whole lot I get a lot like because <laughs> I used to have this haircut when I was really young um, and I forgot about it for a long time but it was shorter and I would spike it up I wore like cut off starter t-shirts and all this stuff and everybody's like you're gonna grow up and you're totally gonna like girls and I'm like so what if I do <laughs> so I get a lot of that now like I get a lot of typecasting right. um, <clears throat> Where they'll, I've, I've even gotten casted as a, a boy once just because of my hair, which, you know, I got paid for it, so I don't care. But it really doesn't bother me. I really don't care. When was that? Um, I w it was on Mark of a Killer. I was a hunter, 
but I didn't know until I got on there that I was one of like the son of that was fairly hunters. recent, wasn't it? Um, or no, it was, am I thinking of? Well, it, I mean, it's all been semi-recent. It's been within the past year. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know. I feel like I saw that and I was confused by that. I was like, like yeah, whatever. you might have. You get paid for it. You get paid for right. it. Right. I was like decked out in camo. Yeah. Um, I have it on Instagram, so if yeah, you saw probably, it on there, yeah. I did look like a boy. I really did, but that's okay, because whenever I was younger, I played in Oliver Twist um, in theater, and <laughs> I got to be the Artful Dodger, which he's like the best friend of Oliver, and totally a boy, and I had to sing in a British accent, and just rocked it, so yeah. I don't care. I have no problem with that. I can do it. Gotcha. Well... I appreciate you indulging my nonsense so far, whether it be the foreplay thing or anything else, any dumb question I've asked, I appreciate it. Um, it's still fairly early in the year, so I wanted to end the conversation with this. What are some goals, not just for 2020, but going forward, whether it doesn't even have to be in the modeling or acting field, just it could just be life goals that you have going forward? Um, 100% consistency. Um, I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I, I need to be consistent doing it or else you're not gonna get results. Um, so that's all on me. That's just, if I don't do it, nobody's gonna do it for me. Um, as for acting and modeling, I really wanna get like, I've been a lead role, but I wanna do something, I wanna, I wanna get a, a lead recurring, reoccurring yeah. role. So any type of reoccurring role would be great. Um, as for modeling, I'd really like to be signed with another agency like out of state because you can do that and get booked in different areas. Just spread the love pretty much. Um, but really, like, I'm just really trying to focus on just being my best self, which is very cliche in just what everybody says. But at the same time, like, not everybody does it. So yeah. we can all sit here and say it, but it's a good thing like you need to be your best self and live your best life and do what you can to better yourself because nobody's going to do it for you and like I want to be not even just for myself but for my kids like I want them to have what I didn't and if I don't go out and do everything that I can in my power then you know I can't I can't say that I did all that I did you know so yeah, yeah. That's pretty much, that's all I want to do. I just want to, no matter what it is, I just want to go 100%. I want to be consistent and make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to get it done. So that way I don't feel bad about yeah. it when I lay down. Yeah, and I, I know this sounds cliche too, but like just keep doing whatever it is you're doing so far. Because like I said, like I see you on Facebook like or Instagram somewhere every day getting booked <laughs> or doing something. So it right. always keeps me motivated. So if nothing else, I appreciate that. Oh, so. I appreciate you inviting me on here and everything like that. To me, that's like, that's a big honor. I'm like, oh, nah. he wants to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. No, nah, you're doing big things. And uh, if nothing else, I've picked up on just also from your post, like the kind of attitude and personality you have. And I think that's respectable and admirable. So I wanted to sit down and kind of get to know you a little bit and have the audience, you know, that's growing, get to know you a little bit too. So I thank you again for joining me. And uh, if I ever put together a The Nate Show, basketball team oh, make sure I call me call you right away but, but don't tell anybody just they'll think that I'm a girl and I can't shoot right. so just like use that at first the first couple games yeah. they might not know I think you'll be our best shooter I can feel it so that'd be good but yeah
But yeah, thanks again, and uh, hopefully we can sit down, and hopefully we'll end up working on set together. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, it's just a matter of time. All right, well, again, good having you, and we'll talk again soon. All right, thank you. Yeah. Those of you still sticking around, I definitely appreciate you listening to this episode. I really enjoyed that conversation with Sarah. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, beyond being fun. It was it was very good to sit down and really get into some of those uh, topics that are sometimes difficult to talk about. Um, I will say, and this is not to, you know, make anyone sad or anything like that, but um, I didn't bring this up during the interview, but I obviously can't relate to what she went through as far as losing a child, you know, and all that. But, you know, I found myself in a situation a few years ago where, you know, long story short, um, the, my significant other and I were expecting a child and then we found out shortly thereafter that we weren't. And so the reason I kept pressing, uh, in the interview on that topic was because I was curious, um, how she dealt with it and, and everything like that. That was something I was very clear really curious about excuse me so um again those of you that are that listen and are still listening i appreciate it um and i'm looking forward to doing more conversations like that i know uh next week on the january 30th on thursday i will have a good friend and comedian marcy moore from johnson city on the show with me Uh, that conversation is going to be again very different from what you probably expect from this show so far and other interviews coming up in the near future um, that I'll, I'm going to keep a tight lid on for a little bit. But uh, again, I say it at the start, you could have been anywhere in the world. You're here with me. I appreciate that. And I look forward to having you back uh, the next time. But if not, I get it. <laughs>